I thought to myself, because I could I, I saw these things happen, like the control, like you having to go through your discipler, her discipler, blah, blah, blah. I'm sitting here like, I need to, whoever she ends up being for me, she got to be somebody who's cool enough to where we can talk to each other. Like, if the discipling partners. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin. That's, uh, that's, that's fast. Yeah, and I didn't realize it was fast at the time. So that totally skewed my my view of, you know, anytime we studied the Bible with somebody else and they took longer than a couple of weeks, you know, weeks, months, whatever. I'm sitting there, I've never said this out loud, but in my head, I'm like, dude, wh- wh- why are you, why are you, why are you dragging your feet? Like, what's wrong with you? The church had an impact on everyone's life. Well, when yeah. I say everyone, I mean all of the members and actually even some non-members, people that just uh, uh, visited or studied the Bible or even the family members of members, right? It had an effect yeah. on everybody, whether it be negatively or positively. How did the church affect your life at that time? So I would say it was a mix of both negative and positive. So on the positive, you know, I feel like I actually have a life now. You know, we, you know, there's stuff going on Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, you know, and we're actually having fun. This is the most fun I've had at church ever you know and, and it's structured and it's structured and i i feel like i kind of needed structure in my life you know um so structured it's fun i'm hanging out with my boys at uh, on, on campus every day we, uh, we're um at night so we weren't doing anything church related we up in one of our dorm rooms playing golden eye on in 64 shout playing, out to, playing playing sh- what shout, shout out to golden eye on in 64 Oh, Nintendo 64. Yes, yes. All right, there we go. Dude, if, if I, I would give anything to get that same crew together and just yeah. go around like that, that there was some fun times for real. Those are those are fun times. And the reason I want to emphasize that is because it wasn't like it was all difficult and, and bad people. Then. Yeah, there was some right, really right. cool down there to some, earth people. Some cool down to earth, uh, some some regular people people like some you know in contrast to this to the folks who you know they you kind of get those company man company woman vibes from them you can't you got to be on eggshells around them because you know they're the ears of some of the of the the higher ups so you might get snitched on oh man you you mess around and say the wrong thing around this person or that person so the, the church is adding structure to your life it's adding uh uh um an element oh, of fun to your life. Yeah, yeah. I have a, and this this is a such a double-edged sword, such a bittersweet thing. I have a dating life now. Hey, you know, as hey. soon as you get out, as soon as you get out the water, at least for the brothers anyway. Well, I think it was for the brothers and the sisters, but the sisters had more leeway to not engage. Let, let me ask you something. Let uh-huh. me ask you something. And this, this is this is one of the posts that I remember you wrote. Uh-huh. And and it made me want to interact with you more. But you said at a midweek service. Ooh, yeah, yes, yes. There yes. would be sisters who would go to midweek and at some point during like 
during fellowship hour. Right. Right? When there was not a message. Or at the end of the service. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. Sisters would run to the bathroom and stay there and hide because there was some weird-ass brothers on the hunt, (laughs) on Mm. the prowl for a date, right? And they they knew the sisters couldn't say no. So the sisters were hiding from them. Was that you that said that? Yeah, so so here's how it went. So this is from my days in the the Atlanta campus ministry. So fast-forwarding a little bit, the difference there is that the campus ministry was its own separate entity. Whereas at, in Tallahassee, I'm used to seeing campus married singles, teens, everybody super together, singles, everybody, everybody together. together. In Atlanta, it's so spread out. So you got you, you know, you got your ministry that meets in Stone Mountain, you got your ministry that meets in Marietta, you got your ministry that meets in in College Park or whatever. But campus, if you were in campus anywhere, you all met at the same spot for so Sunday service. Sunday. How uh, big? Mid-week. How big was? How big was the campus ministry? A few hundred, like, bigger than bigger than the one church I was at in Tallahassee. How many? Give us a number. I want to say three hundred, maybe three hundred. I'm I'm bad at, at like eyeballing numbers, but I'm probably not too far off. So let's 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 go with two fifty. Two, yeah. That's a really large number of of just yeah. campus students. So you had enough. <laughs> Yo, so the, the 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 dynamic for your Sunday services must have been a lot of fun because it's yeah. a lot of youthful energy. Yeah, it was it was it was tons of fun, tons of fun. So like, and so basically, you know, this is and I'm, I'm I know I'm probably getting ahead of ahead of things. This is pre pre treat letter. Whoa, whoa, before. whoa, whoa, sir. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. I, I say that to say we had the money to meet at these hotel ballrooms every time. So every. Wednesday, every Friday for Devo, every Sunday, we're at the Sheraton Colony Square uh, ball, uh, ballroom. We're at the Sheraton Buckhead Ballroom or whatever. So what would happen is you'd be at midweek. And so there's, some, you know, normally the custom is we ask for a date on Sunday for the for the upcoming Saturday, right? So what would happen is some, some brothers would be slacking or they, you know, either because they missed out on the sister they wanted that Sunday, or they was just playing slacking and somebody said, Hey, stop being selfish, stop being prideful and get a date. Anyway, I'm taking a jab at the system there. Um, so they would try to get a date on Wednesday for that upcoming Saturday. You Procrast- know, procrastination, few, you know, a procrastination so, date. <laughs> procrastin- exactly. Exactly. That's one thing I never really did procrastinate on. I was, I was, I was on that. Anyway. You, you repented of that? <laughs> At least in that area. Yeah. Um, but so these sisters, after service was over, if they did not already have a date by then, meaning they got plans, they either studying or they just trying to like have some me time or, or they chilling with each other, whatever. They would hide in the bathroom to prevent the brothers who had not had. I mean, it, now there were probably some creepers within that group, but it wasn't specifically about the creepers. It was about, hey, I ain't got a date on Saturday. I don't want to go out with that on Saturday, but I know I can't say no if they come up. So let me hide from them so I don't get asked out. And you know, in hindsight, you know, I'm I'm naive. I'm naive a little bit. I'm sitting here thinking that these sisters are just heavily encouraged to say yes, that they want to say yes. 
I don't know at the time that they're not allowed to say no. Because I'm like, I'm hearing this. I'm like, what the heck? Like, if you got plans, by all means, say no. Like, don't, don't, don't break your plans for me. That's why I really do feel sorry for the sisters when it comes to that. Because like your, your agency has been removed. Like you having to be forced to, you know, unless they were, unless they ran into a brother like you or me, who wasn't the creepers, they were having to say yes to the the guys who was creepy, the guys that didn't wash, the guys that was. Like, <laughs> you said you said didn't wash. I, they, they had to have been. They had to been some of them. You just you just smelt a few of them. You know what? I'm not gonna lie, man. It was, <laughs> it was you know it, it happened. You know it happened. It happened. It happened. I, you know I don't wanna. They know who they, they know who they are. You they know? know who they are. Yeah. And we don't, you know, it's, it's hopefully, hopefully we've moved past that, you know, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. you know, man. Hopefully. So I, so let me ask you this then. Uh-huh. So you, you're in this church now and it sounds like a good time, right? right you know, there's, right. there's some quirks in between, but it sounds like a good time overall. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we spoke before, you mentioned that you notice red flags throughout your time in the church. In, right. Right. However, you didn't see them for the red flags that they were. Right. Right. Until you left. Exactly. Can you explain that a little bit? All right. So there's a few of them. So one, the, the, the one of the biggest ones, um, the whole, we're the only church thing. Now, you know, only church. However, you got started in the seventies in Boston not just the 70s, 79. Like 79. the 70s, 70s are over. So, the 70s are over. 1979. For those of y'all at home, I was born in 1982. So this church that claims to be the only church, you got to be, you got to be in this church to get, to get into heaven. This church started just a couple of years before I was born. What and I was born, make? and I was born in 1977. So I'm under the impression that I was born under the the age of Aquarius. You know what I mean? Like right, this is, right. I came at the right time. Right. Because <laughs> if you was born in 1933. And you died before the before the Boston movement, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly the, the 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 thought. I mean, we're laughing at it now. At least yeah. I am, right? Yeah. But, but that's just where I am with this because there was a lot of you anger laugh and to confusion. Keep crying. Got to, I got to. So you're right. So I don't know what to tell you. So yeah. so go on, go on. So, so this this so this exclusivity was a red flag for you. So there's that. Then there's the the control aspect. Control? How so? So rewinding back to my Tallahassee days. So they did, they didn't take up contribution. That's you know ICOC code for offering tithes and offerings or whatever the money the money yes this was never taken up during during sunday so money's been taken up on wednesday, on wednesday for midweek you're not just putting money in a plate your bible talk leader is coming around to get this predetermined amount of money from you because you've pledged to give x amount of money every week never mind the fact that the fact that the bible says you got to give 10 percent of whatever your income is I'm in campus. I have no job. I have no income. <laughs> Why am I giving any money? Yeah. But I but I but I'm supposed to pledge this certain amount to give every week. And when I first say this amount, because you know, I don't have enough, I have not developed my backbone to the point where I can tell this guy no yet. 
I, so I'm trying, they're trying to get me to pledge this amount of money. So I said, okay, this amount. And my boy tells me something that amounts, something that amounts to, and eh, that's not good enough. Try again. And I'm supposed to do odd jobs around the kingdom to make this money. Why am I working to raise money just to give to the church? What sense does that make? And this is something that you experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And as a Bible talk leader at one point, I did have a short stint as a Bible talk leader. And this was after I went home for, uh, for, for Christmas break, after I got baptized, I come back to find out that I've been voluntold to be a Bible talk leader. Voluntold. Yes. I, I find out on the, on the church van ride to church for one of my friends who had already been there for, uh, for a couple of days. Apparently he had attended the leaders meeting. Oh yeah. By the way, Myra, you're a Bible talk leader. What? 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 Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! I'm I mean, what? what you, you objected to that, man? Look, Bible talk leader was respectable position. You talking to a dude who don't want to be in this in the spotlight and who, who wants nothing to do with like being responsible for a bunch of people? You, as the Bible talk leader, you got your stat sheet, and again, the stat sheet went away after the the Crete letter. So, so this is pre Crete letter. So back when all of this stuff used to fly, I got a stat sheet. I got a record of all my, my, my little mini flock, my little corner of the flock. I got a record who came and who didn't. I got a record who paid their contribution and who didn't. And if the person doesn't have it, I got to ask them, when do you expect to have it? <laughs> You're the debt, collect- right. Your debt collection. Right. right. <laughs> I'm marking down how many visitors came, who's studying the Bible, how far along in the studies they are. I'm doing all of this. So that's what should have been a red flag to me. It was like, it was just business back then. It was just, oh, well, this is just how things are run. But in hindsight, I'm like, this is being run like a freaking MLM. Uh, if I'm using the, if I'm using the term properly, multi-level marketing, yes, that should have been a red flag, but it, but I didn't see it for what it was back then. No, no. And, and, um, and none of us did because it's hard to see what it is when you're in it. Right. Right. It, it really is difficult. And and I've had to forgive myself a lot. Yeah. You know, for for just recognizing, you know what, it's it's it happened. You know, it, it happened. Happens. It's the thing that happened. It happened. Yo, and, and we're not the only ones. Yeah. And then also with the whole control thing, let's talk about relationships, date, steady dating. Let's talk about a more or less arranged marriages. I didn't realize it was a thing back then, but as I look back, I'm like, that really happened. Because here's the thing, y'all. When you want to, when you find that sister that you like, you know, we're moving past the encouragement date thing. You can't just walk up to her and be like, hey, I like you. You like me. Let's do this thing. No, you had to get permission. You had to get permission. You know, we called it advice back then. Mm-hmm. You had to, you had to get was, advice and then the green light. Right. Which was, you know, it was somewhat biblical when we talk about the fact that, okay, you know, the person with the plan that has many advisors is more likely to, to, to succeed. I'm paraphrasing the heck out of that. But it was never just that. It was it was permission. Advice equaled permission. Advice equal permission in this church. So correct. you had to. So although, you know, if you're my if you're my discipler and I like, you know, I like homegirl over here and let's just. Let's just go with a familiar name. If Elena from, from 3B is her discipler, I got to talk to you. You're talking to Elena from 3B. Elena from 3B is talking to my, my, my you know, my, my interest. 
And also that information that is going to you and Elena is going up the leadership pipe. So everybody above us knows our business, but I don't know the business between me and my interests because we're not allowed to talk. No, directly. you're not. You're not allowed to talk directly about this. And I right. thought that was such a, I thought that was a really strange dynamic yeah. in, re- in retrospect, of course. Um, yeah. Of course, I went with it, you know, when I was in it, because I, I've always operated on this fear of, I don't want to be kicked out. Yeah. You know, like this social interaction is too valuable for me that I'm not going to risk it by saying something. I'm exactly. going to just sit my ass over here and just enjoy dating on Saturdays and having a good time. That's just right. what I'm going to do. Yeah. Now, yeah, but you, you can never speak to the person directly. and. Mm-hmm. And with that recipe, with that foundation, no wonder some of these marriages that I hear later on that happened in the ICOC, they were either horrible and and when the ICOC fell apart, those marriages fell apart too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Even, even when I was in it, even when I had no plans of leaving, I thought to myself, because I, I, I saw these things happen, like the control, like you having to go through your discipler, her discipler, blah, blah, blah. I'm sitting here like, I need to, whoever she ends up being for me, she got to be somebody who's cool enough to where we can talk to each other. Like F the discipling partners, you got to be, she got to be cool enough to where me and her can just vibe on that level one-on-one, like, like normal people, right? (laughs) Like normal normal people. people. Because this was my fear. This was my fear. And I'm pretty sure just like our little scenario that we did earlier, we were like, somebody's somebody is going through that right now. Is somebody in the ICOC is going through this exact thing that I'm about to say? You're you're sitting on your side of the bed on the phone with your discipler, and your wife is on the other side of the bed on the phone with her discipler, and y'all talking about each other instead of just talking to each other. Cause y'all want to I ref- I was like, I refuse to share to to share a house, share a room, share a bed, and be married to somebody that I can't talk to about everything. And it's, but, and, but instead, we're having to talk to our disciples about each other. I'm not, I, I refuse to do it. I can't do it. I, 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 I like to think that I refuse to do it too, right? I, I like to, but I'm yeah. thinking to myself, man, what if, man, what if they gave me the green light back then? That shit would have been whack. Thank God that they didn't. Because the scenario oh. that you just described, bro, that sounds that sounds ridiculous. I want to fast forward now. Okay. I want to fast forward because you were in the church for about 10 years. Is that right? I want to say 13, actually. 13. Oh, all right. So 13 years. You were in mm-hmm. it for 13 years. And when I became a disciple uh, in mm-hmm. 1995, there was a hardline rule saying you mm-hmm. cannot date you know, non-members of the church. Right. AKA non-disciples, AKA Mm -hmm. non-Christians, AKA everybody. Right. Except for us. Pretty much. And pretty much. And when the letter came out, 2003, the rules changed and then people started dating freely. There was no more green lights and people started dating people outside of the church. Mm -hmm. Right. So now, I had already left by 2004, so I don't know what more is going on, but you stayed throughout. So yeah. now, so now 
people dating someone outside of the church is not uncommon by the time that you are in your latter years of the church. So towards the end, you met a young lady. Right. Who was not a member of the church. This is right. And you decided at some point you decided that you wanted to date her. Right. So now, now. that begins the rest of your life because <laughs> now at that moment not that at that moment, but it was during that time is when you decided to leave the church. Exactly. So I tell my Bible talk leader the next uh, Sunday. Turns out we, we actually, uh, we, were, we were in one of our, from time to time, we just do house churches, right? We actually were having house church in my apartment. So house church, for those who, who may not be aware, is exactly what it sounds like. It's just a group of people who are, instead of going to a church building on a particular day, we would break up into smaller groups. Remember those pods I was talking about earlier, these family groups, these Bible talks, and you would just meet at somebody's house. It would be a small group, much like a Bible talk, right? But except it's Sunday morning, and yeah, you would just meet for church. And sometimes those are fun. Sometimes. But anyway, so... You're now meeting for house church. Yep. So house church goes by and I'm like, you know what? I'm not finna do no clandestine thing. I'm not going to try to keep her hidden. I'm not going to try to have this relationship on low. She deserves better than that. And I deserve better than that. I ain't got time for, I ain't got time or the energy for that. So I, I came out and confessed, so to speak. Um, I let my Bible talk to you to know what was going on. Confess yeah. what? That you're dating a non-Christian. <laughs> to their eyes, yes. Yeah, somebody uh, somebody who's not a member of the church. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't overreact to it. He's like, all right, cool, cool. But you know, you know, we're gonna have to have a talk with our uh, singles ministry leader. I'm like, all right, cool, because I, I I figured this was coming. So we go over to said single ministry leader's house. Um, I think that Wednesday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night. This is a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So he sits me down and he, when I say he lays into me, like he's not the rah-rah, really like super intense type, you know, he's a lot calmer than even I am on this. But he basically says to me that I'm weak spiritually, that I have weak convictions, that I just want to do what I want to do, that I was undermining what the sisters were doing with, um, with the Bible studies. And what, he, what I'm about to say, this is exactly what he said verbatim. He said to me. Next time on The Reclamation. I don't want to make a snap judgment. Cool. Deuces. I'm out. Bye. Oh, man. This was. So that makes this decision easier. I still would have made the same decision because I'm like, this is. She's the one. 